1: Hey everybody, welcome to Rocks Across the Pond. It's a curling podcast coming to you from Richmond, Virginia. My name is Ryan McGee and joining me in Southampton, England is our professor of peel, Jonathan Havercroft. Jonathan, how are you today?
0: Tired. I did, uh, I counted it 15 hours on the ice this weekend and threw three stones. Wow. When was the last time, <laughs> when was the last time you spent that much time on the ice? probably men's playdowns back in, <laughs> in February of 2020. Uh, I guess mixed playdowns in March, 2020.
1: So were you coaching?
0: Yeah, I was coaching. So I was coached uh, Joe's team for four sessions. And then uh, there's a young junior girls team possibly forming. So I did a couple of sessions with them. Then there was uh, a coaching group, uh, So to get your, like, level one in the UK, you have to demonstrate. Uh, You have to, like, Mm -hmm. do a demonstration coaching session. So I was the assessor for that, and that ran for a couple hours. Uh, Then just did some individual work with Joe and uh, mucked around a little bit too. So All right. Yeah. That's not bad. Yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty good for a weekend's work.
1: So we are – we are going to a continent that we have not hit yet uh, here on this podcast. We're going to South America, and we are going to Brazil by way of Vancouver uh, for this show.
0: Yeah, so I think we've been doing a few of these. So I think part of what we're trying to do here is uh, go around the world and see how Curlin's taken off in different parts of the world. And so this is, I guess we've already done Australia
1: in the Southern Hemisphere. Mm-hmm.
0: So this is our second trip to the Southern Hemisphere.
1: First time in South America, and it's it, it's interesting to see because this is the first time that we've talked to that we've talked to someone who helped form a club for people from their nation in of of expats like this because you have a club of Brazilian curlers that play in Vancouver. So it's yeah, and it, I think it's kind of interesting.
0: It's similar to when we talked to Adriana uh, from the Mexican Curling Federation, where. Mm-hmm one of the ways that new federations can start off is if they have expats in an established curling uh, country like Canada or the US and they have enough of a of a, of that community of expats in that in that um where our curling rink is basically they can kind of form get the training and out of that kind of build up a team that that can enter a world championship and then hopefully make connections with their home country's ice federation or whatever their their sports federation is and and get to the WCF that way and then use that as a vehicle to build the facility and then hopefully get more at least one facility and hopefully more facilities and have more people curl in that country and, and grow the sport that way.
1: It's almost like you can, you can have two ways. You can have a collection of Canadian expats in your country or a collection of your expats in the U.S. or Canada. And that's kind of how Brazil kind of started. But now, and we will learn during our interview, now they've got ICE. And that is a game changer. So we will, we will get to our interview with Isis Oliveira, and she will tell us all about it. All right, we are joined by Isis Oliveira from the Brazilian Curling Club in Vancouver. Is that right?
2: That is correct. Nice to meet you guys. Uh, Thanks for having me here.
1: No, thank you so much for joining us. And we'll get into kind of the uniqueness of the setup you guys have. You guys have an entire league of Brazilian curlers there in Vancouver. And uh, we definitely want to talk about that and talk about the growth of the sport in Brazil and the new ice arena that you have uh, in Brazil that includes curling ice. Uh, But first, we want to kind of get to know you a little bit better. Can you just tell us where you're from and, and what it was like growing up there?
2: Well, my name is Isis. I was born in São Paulo, in Brazil. Uh, I grew. Up, I stayed. Up, uh, I came to Canada. When I was twenty-six, I believe. Uh, so I grew up in Brazil. Have my school, university, families, friends, everybody there. And in, I believe, it was in two thousand three. I came to Canada. I used to work in the film and TV industry in Brazil. And in Vancouver, is, um, the film industry here is, is mm-hmm. really huge. So I came, started working work, and here I am. And in this meantime, curling showed up on my life.
1: <laughs> so how did the, how did that happen? What's the story behind that?
2: Uh, the story is that 2010, the, the Winter Olympic Games was in Vancouver but fun enough on that time frame i was back in brazil visiting my family and did curling show up on tv like in the big mainstreams about the curling olympics but curling was the first time in brazil on tv in 2010 during the olympics oh wow and then in brazil that that sport was a fever because it was different what was that people sweeping and and then and I was like, Oh, what is that? And then I came back to Canada and then was like, where can I do that? And that's how that started. So then I came back to Canada, look for a, a curling place, start to learn and that's how that started.
1: So what was it like in Brazil during the 2010 Olympics? I mean, what was it that um, got you guys' attention about about curling even though you're, you know, in in South America where there isn't a ton of snow, especially on your your side of South America?
2: Because like if you don't know the sport and you see that on TV, it's really strange. <laughs> and it's- Right, Because we don't understand, but people are kind of sliding on the ice and the broom, like we're sweeping, like we, we sweep our house, not the ice. <laughs> so it's the curiosity, right? And it's an Olympic sport, so just say, what is this? And then I got with some other friends back here in Vancouver, like all Brazilians, and we look for ice and we start to curl. And that's kind of like the, the beginning of the story.
1: And then what was it about curling that made you want to keep playing? I mean, if it looks so strange on TV, like what was it what was it that kind of clicked when you were on the ice that you decided I want to keep doing this?
2: First the laugh because it looks easy, but when you were there, you fall, you slide, you can't do it. Then the challenge of, no, I want I want to do that. Is the first click. And the second one is like when you hard to curl since the beginning. You learn the part of friendships, partnership, the shaky hands. That is just amazing. Just got me right away.
0: Before there was a curling club in Brazil, were there Brazilians curling in other parts of the world? Or how did, how did curling in Brazil get started as like a, an organized movement?
2: Uh, the first people that started to curl Brazilians were some um, boys in Quebec. two uh, thousand. 2000- Eight, nine, or ten on that period, I'm not exactly exactly which year. But they got together, they all went to curling club, start to curl like it, and then they they figure out that was a ICE Sports Federation in Brazil. And then they got in touch with them, and that's kind of everything starts. And then the ICE um, CBDG the Brazilian Federation Brazil got in touch with the WCF, World Curling Federation. And that's how the first Brazilian team um, uh, started. And then they started to, I think they went to America's Challenge. And then after them was kind of a little break that they, they kept for a few years. But then we didn't have more people coming in. There's kind of a break on the the story there that it was them and then kind of not more athletes. Hmm. And then it was in 2014 that uh, here in Vancouver, a group got together and then we started to curl. I went there in 2014 and then I love it. And then it was kind of the beginning of the Brazilian curling club was there. Mm-hmm. Because that amount of, that group of people, we just like, let's do that. And then for the years after years after that, then we start to organize and making classes and like learning and certified coaches, all that. And then it's just like year by year, it's growing, growing, going And then from there to here, uh, I'm so glad to see how we are today. Like every Brazilian team mm-hmm. that's... Playing on the main mainstream world competitions, mainly every team there's a player from here, or the full team is from here. So I'm, uh, it's so satisfying. <laughs> it's really good. I'm, I'm so glad.
1: So, how many players are in the Brazilian club that you have in Vancouver now?
2: It uh, th- th- comes and goes, right? Uh, usually, we have like let's say four sheets, three four sheets on the curling club for the league. Something like oh, that. Wow. And we do have the juniors program that's on Saturday. Uh, last year, we started with uh, around 25 kids and, and then all the COVID stuff. But we ended up with like eight, 19 kids on the ice. And it's pretty good. It's pretty good.
1: When you were getting started, was it tough to get the club to give you ice time for the for the Brazilian league? Or were they like welcoming of getting more people on the ice like were they were they in need of new leagues to fill ice time or was it was it tough to kind of carve out your own little section with them?
2: It was never it was never hard. They always always super assertive and trying the best to find ice for us. Uh, we were curling in the beginning in the North Shore curling club. Uh, they closed, we went to the Vancouver Curling Club, and then we ended up uh, where we are today, that's the Royal City Curling Club in the West. Uh, all of them are great. Um, I'm super welcome to go back to all of them. Uh, right now, we are in the West, just kind of more central for who is in on one side downtown and who is more on the other side, like Maple Ridge, Fraser River, that kind of stuff. But yeah, maybe with time, we're going to have more leagues in all of that.
0: <laughs> so do you have any advice for listeners on how to start a club like this where it's like for like a national community in a city or, uh, or perhaps kind of setting up your national federation in a different country?
2: First, you need to believe. You need to make sure like you have some time because on yeah, the background is lots of work. Right, It's a a different sport. Some people come, some people like it, some people want to come back, some people don't. So that's uh, just time and hard work and belief, I guess. Just put your word out. You have some connections that you can have some good coaches. Uh, Don't forget that we have the option of stick curling as well. There's some people that's older, never tried before, uh, but want to try, but has a knee or... There is no problem right like uh, we can we can get everybody on the ice but that's it just get somebody that knows how to coaching get a club that give you some time ice some ice time and and go from there
0: How does this club in Vancouver then uh, interact with the Brazilian ice sports Federation what how do you do you like uh... Is there like a Brazilian curling association as well or any form teams that are your club or are they drawn from other parts of the world?
2: The big challenge in Brazil all these years was because we did not have ice in Brazil, right? So Mm -hmm. all the curlers that Brazil has is in Canada. We have some players in the USA, have some players in Switzerland. That's what I know so far. And it's hard when you don't have lots of people curling, right? If you have lots of ice and lots of people curling, when you do a selector for along along the road, you will have a better quality teams, more competitive for you to go in a world level. So the biggest challenge forever was don't have the, the ice in Brazil where we could have lots of Brazilians curling. So the Brazilian curling club was a way that we could keep bringing new people, teaching new people for along, along the run, be able to get more competitive teams to help the lack of ice that we had in Brazil. Then for everybody's uh, happiness, last year, uh, Brazil opened their first arena, uh, three sheets of ice uh, in Sao Paulo City. And they've been working since then, but COVID came, and there's some challenge there. That, don't the curling is happening right now, on and off. Like I think it's everywhere and around the world is the same, yeah. right? Yeah. They can open, they cannot open. New regulations, safety, health issue, COVID. So since the arena opened, they have been with a little hard time. It's a, it's a nice complex with, a, uh, on this on the side, three curling sheets and a big ice for ice skating and hockey. So ice skating and, rock and hockey has been going better because it's open. So they've been able to keep it going. But curling because it's closed, um, yeah, that has been hard. But we still love it. We still think that's the, the, the first step for us to get more players.
1: Mm-hmm. We just
2: need a little bit more time to, to to make that happen. In the meantime, here in Canada, we have um, the opportunity that we have lots of ice, right? There is a curling club every corner. <laughs> we do have really good coaches, right? Canadian coaches. In Brazil is a little bit more challenge like who is there to teach right now they have one coach there uh, his name is Scott um, he is Canadian but married of uh, a Brazilian anyways he's there he's good but he's the kind of the only person there that could teach mm-hmm. stuff so it's, it's but it's a long process uh, step by step is growing there but for me, um, having the possibility to be here in Canada, all the help of ice clubs, availability and good coaches to help us out to bring Brazilians to the ice and make um, competitive teams, it's, uh, it's great.
0: So how have the national teams changed over time? Have they Initially, was it just drawn from the Vancouver group or do you just draw from wherever you can? Do you have a championship or a playoff? How do you select your teams to compete in WCF events?
2: Yeah, every year uh, the Brazilian Federation do a championship for all the categories, right? Women's, adults, ladies, mixed doubles. Um, The last few years, all the championships has been happening in Vancouver because the majority of the players were here. So it was easier to make a competition where most of the players were. Now with the arena in Brazil, the plan is to do the championships in there. And the championship is usually, it changes. Usually we were doing February, March, but now we're planning because it's in Brazil, maybe we're going to do a off season, regular season, till maybe May, June, July, that's where they are scheduling for the next uh, championships. And then people subscribe and then they play and who wins.
1: Oh that, that would be awesome, Jonathan. To your knowledge, would it just would it just be that arena and the arena in New Zealand is the only two in the Southern Hemisphere, the only two dedicated curling clubs in the Southern Hemisphere?
0: It has to be, right? I think I can't think that's of anywhere cool. else at the moment because the only other federate Australia, is the only other Southern Hemisphere federation that's active at the moment, right? Like in terms of like putting teams in World Championship
1: events.
2: It's really cool, guys. It's really cool. Yeah
1: how how long how long were they open before uh, before the pandemic hit?
2: Oh my god, it was so bad.
1: Uh-huh.
2: I was there. I was there January twenty five to February first or something like that. Oh, wow. The week week of uh, opening.
1: Oh wow! I came so back. It was one month.
2: Things were already closing up for COVID. It was. I don't know. Ten days, two weeks. <laughs>
1: oh no!
2: Ah. Yeah, it's just horrible timing. Yeah.
1: So how how are things down in Brazil? I've seen that it's been it's been rough lately. That they had another spike. Is it is it improving down there to where they might be able to start bringing people into curl again soon?
2: I hope so. I don't know. Yeah. This COVID thing's all crazy. It's opening, close, opening, close. They close everything up here mm. again. Ah.
1: Mm. So, know. what what went into getting getting the the curling aspect of the arena built was it a was it a group venture on behalf of the entire ice sports federation and they decided they wanted both a hockey slash skating rink and curling or do you do you know the history of how that how that facility wound up getting built?
2: Uh, I know a little bit. Uh, the World Curling Federation WCF they allow all the federations um, every year present some projects mm-hmm. for building new arenas. And the CBDG applied um, a few years ago for, for that funding and they were approved. So the arena was actually built with um, money from WCF that they give a the certain amount of money then they build the project, and after a certain amount of years, they start to pay back. So the arena should start like that. And then what CBDG did was uh, instead of just do the three sheets curling ice, they decided to op- make a little bigger project. So they got some um, private investments. And they did a Arena Ice Brazil as Curly and Ice Skating and Hockey. Mm. So it's a, it's a big, big challenge project there.
1: And it's
2: happening. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. You guys are going to love it when you guys go there.
1: <laughs> could, could this wind up becoming almost like a regional hub to where you get other South, South American and even Central American countries starting their own curling federations and using... The, the Sao Paulo uh, facility is almost like a hub where they send their athletes there to train?
2: That could be, but the the dream is bigger, right? The team is like, Brazil is really huge. Mm-hmm.
1: Right?
2: It's like... It's like it's a in, lot of
1: people. Like, like
2: <laughs> USA, right? Yeah. It's really huge. So it's like, imagine a USA with one curling club.
1: Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. kind of
2: crazy, right? So the idea is that is just the first one of many others because like put in perspective imagine if in the full usa everybody that want to curl needs to go to whatever choose a city Mm -hmm. you know it's it's far
1: so so is the goal is the goal to get them in rio and multiple curling facilities in brazil that's really awesome
2: yeah that's that's the the way that we can see along the run we have more brazilian curling, right because it's it's hard with Brazil so big Brazil so big.
1: yeah so they were they were only open a couple of weeks before the pandemic hit so it's kind of tough to say okay we've got so many x number of Brazilians curling now so do, do, have you heard if they've been able to do any learn to curls or if they've got any leagues that have been able to run since since the start of the pandemic or is it still like just getting off the ground still
2: now they've been kind of open and close opening close uh, so they've been there there's no weekly leaks uh, anything mm-hmm. like that but they've been doing like come try karting and this kind of this kind of programs and they are doing as well a project with um, a Paralympic uh, association there and so they already had a few days with a wheelchair and all that stuff and they are planning to 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 have a team for two thousand twenty six Olympics. So we're crossing our finger on that too. It's a good, good project. And um as soon as we can open and have ice um again. I th- I think like they were closed for a couple weeks. They were about to open I I believe now next week. Is is like that open and close, open and close. But you guys know how to, how to make ice is not easy, right? When you mm-hmm. close, yeah then you shut off your power and then you need to make it all the ice again and and it's hot in brazil is another challenge (laughs) too so is this
0: is this a 12 month of the year rink or is it like when outside of covid is the plan to let it run year (laughs) round or
2: uh the first plan yes i'm not sure things are going to stay but since so far yes
0: okay and and so the hope is that you'll be able to start having leagues and having teams develop there and all of that on top of just uh, the, the tri-curling sessions.
2: Oh, yes. Yeah. That's for sure. That's yeah. for sure. I know. That's the goal.
0: So do you think you yes. could host – do you think that the playdowns eventually would be in Brazil then instead of Vancouver? Would that be part of the plan too? or?
2: Yes. Yes. Yeah, that was already planned for this – Last year, but because COVID, everything was canceled. Yes, the plan is for the date's not scheduled yet, but it's going to be probably June, July next year. You'll we'll be in Brazil. You should go there.
0: I would love to go. I mean, I've been stuck in England for hey. two years now. I'm desperate to go anywhere, so I would go to Brazil for sure. Yeah.
1: Hey, you guys have talked about needing. Uh, coaches, you could very easily hire Jonathan and move him down to Sao Paulo. I'm sure he'd be happy to to be added to the coaching staff for the for the ice arena there. Here we go. Here
2: we go. There we go. Yeah. Well, I think I think we need some Portuguese.
0: I yeah, I don't have great Portuguese, unfortunately. It's English and French for me,
1: so. I'm sure you could add Portuguese oh
2: French French <laughs> oh, come from the Latin. maybe yeah. there's a yeah. communication
1: there <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> so as you guys are building is is there another country that you guys have seen grow that you're you know trying to model yourselves after them, or is this kind of kind of a whole whole new territory in terms of growing a curling nation, do you think?
2: um myself i think my my big experience is just how what i learned here in canada right Mm -hmm. now how things happen how the leagues go how the juniors program are so i use i i I feel lucky to be in canada um i know you guys are are in the usa but I, i feel very fortunate to to have all the coachings that can Coaches and curling programs and camps and all that kind of stuff. Canada curling is big here in Canada, and I'm feel lucky to have all this these experienced people that can help and teach. So my experience personally is it's just how things are are happening here. Sometimes we are we actually have discussions there on the Brazilian Federation because I'm part of the technical committee there and sometimes they say oh that's just in canada that's not how it works around the world (laughs) 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 and what's what's
1: the what's the future for you i know that there's you know there there's the the pre-oqe coming up uh relatively soon do you plan on is brazil planning on sending teams to that
2: Yes, right now, because COVID the last year, uh, what happens, we did not do the Brazilian championship that we just said we did do every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was canceled. Then what they did, they opened it for subscription and it was decided by the athletes. Uh, we decided between the athletes to make some um, arrangements to decide uh, teams that were going. And then if we could not agree on, then we will let the CBDG decide it. That was really good. Athletes got together by Zoom meeting last year. And we decided instead of one team representing Brazil on each category, we open up for two teams to represent Brazil this year because it's a pre-Olympic year, then we Mm -hmm. had competitions for the the olympic qualifying and competitions for the world qualifying so we have two different teams going to each one of these we're calling as routes olympic okay. route and words route hmm. so now we have a, a women's and men's going to the pre-qualifying event that's going to happen in turkey mm-hmm. uh, now in october and my team, the team that I'm skipping, and the, the boys team, we are going to the world's route. The team that I'm playing right now is called uh, Onda Brazil. We've been playing for a couple of years together. We are really glad to be representing Brazil this year. And we are just waiting to see if we are going to the USA for the Americans Challenge. Always happy to be there. We're just uh, waiting for WCF to announce if it's going to happen or not going to mm-hmm. happen. And then if we get um, first, second, or third place on the America's Challenge, we would be going to Finland to the WQQE in mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm excited. Well, I can't I- wait for competitions. You guys have. I know.
0: For yeah. oh, sure, yeah. So. Um, yeah, so so maybe for our listeners, just explain it. So if you're in the America zone, uh, so how many how many countries normally sign up in the America zone for the the Americas challenge?
2: So the the rule is uh, there's spots around the world to go to the world championship. Uh, it divided by zones, mm-hmm. so America mm-hmm. zone that include North America, Central America, and South America. We have two spots. Mm-hmm. The only two teams from all the America
0: are
2: uh-huh. going to the world. Mm-hmm. The conversation that we should put a little, a third team there is a, is a different story. <laughs> but so far, it's only two teams. And guess what? Since ever, it's always USA and Canada. Yep. Right? So yep, yep. maybe there's a Mexican team, a Guyana team, um President team, there's whatever how many we have, but American and and Canada are really good, uh, really powerful curly nations. Uh though has been hard to beat them. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but we'll get there. We we'll get there. But every year, uh, that's it. We don't what happened is now they have a couple of years now that if you Don't for you to get these two spots. It's a competition called Americans Challenge. So you you go and then you compete between all the teams from the Americas. The first and two uh, first place goes to the world's championship. Mm -hmm. And because there is more teams that nowadays, then what happens is the third place from the Americas is going to a qualifying event. Uh, Let's say Europe has five spots. Then the six team that that did not make it go to the qualifying event. Then there's a qualifying event in January that with all the teams that did not make their pools on their regions, and then they play each other. And then the first place, and I believe second place, goes to the words that happens in March.
1: So there's been a little bit of talk about, and I think it's one of the things that they're going to vote on here coming up soon at the World Curling Congress, is the possibility of merging the Pacific Asia region with the Americas zone. What, what's kind of the thought on that from the Brazilian perspective? Is that something that you guys would be for? Or would you rather continue um, to play in the America's challenge and try to battle with just the U.S. and Canada for those two spots? Or would, would you like to be part of a, a much larger a much larger combined zone like they're talking about?
2: I think it, if you think with me, just to follow the, the process... Um, What is the American's challenge? Who knows about that? Who sees about that? Where do we see? Where do we watch games like we don't? Not even us curlers. Mm -hmm. Very, yeah. Yeah.
1: Not many curlers know it exists. That's correct.
2: (laughs) So we go there, we play, and nobody knows what's going on. Like, zero. So I think the idea of us making this a bigger event it's for the pro for the curling in general for everybody mm-hmm. because then we can we can show the sports as, as as a bigger thing like look this is a big competition we are curling because we want to get to the words so i think it's going to be good for everybody uh including all the part of sponsorship um show your brand and Oh that, right? Like, oh, I'm going to the Americans Challenge. Okay, what is that? Right?
1: Because that is interesting because the WCF does, you know, do it up pretty big for the the Euros and for the Asia Pacific Championship, but because you know there's no television partner for the Americas Challenge, you're usually relegated to a an in house YouTube feed if you're lucky (laughs) for the Americas Challenge. (laughs) If you're lucky I, yeah. I prefer how they do the mixed doubles. I think I've
0: said this before to Ryan, but I, I kind of like the yep. 16 teams in an A pool and then a B pool and the rest of the world can qualify out of that B pool. And it's a big event and it gives, cause I think the other problem for the America's challenge, and this is also for the European teams is if you're in the B pool in Europe, you have to qualify out of the B pool, then go to the, Olympic qualify the world qualification event, so it's two events to get to a world, as opposed to just one. So I think I'm not sure what you think about that, but that's that's certainly my thoughts.
2: Oh, what I I, I believe is, if we, our goal is to grow curling around the world, we need to give opportunity for people.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Right? Then mm-hmm. if we if we close, it's going to be hard because as we are curlers, we know curling is, um, uh, is a technical sport. So you need, you need ice time, right? You need to practice, you need to learn. This is all the technical part, uh, more all the other things like mental, physical, food and all that stuff. But, but we need time. It's not that you start today and you are a at, at, um, uh, competitive athlete in the next year. It's a, it's, it's a process. So we need to give time for these new currents or new federations to grow up, and you need to give them not just the chance to grow up, but need to give the chance to, to go to competitions too, because that's how, along the run, you 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 have um, better athletes. So I think it's just a question of time, and and a union of um, uh, a big event like that, I think is a is um it's a great way to do like you don't close doors like you are a smaller federation you just started you have like little teams make them go put mm-hmm. them to the court. let's show that yes currently is there we are growing we have curves and then we can all around the world has um, have more curves but we mm-hmm. need to open doors, not close them because yeah. our current is just like it's it's not our sport not going like that, right? It's yeah. just one yeah. or more people, like young people, juniors, all, all, all ages. And I think that's our a, that's a way to do that.
1: It's like you got to participate in the 2015 World Mixed, and right now the World Mixed is, you know, if you, if you have a team and you sign up, you get to go. But how much, how much of an impact did that have on your development as a curler getting to go to a world competition like that and get that experience?
2: It, it, it's amazing. Like, it's, uh, it's hard to explain, but you when you go to any world competition and events like that, it's, uh, it's an experience that you need to go to see. It's, it's time clocks. Is all the rules, and the, you cannot sweep the run. It's just little things that when you do many times, don't pay attention anymore. But once your first time, everything is new. So everything is a li- is an extra stress is a li- uh, extra distraction so you need to go you need to go and go again and learn and get the experience that's the only that's the only way for us to learn like this uh, in January now we have uh, the juniors world Beat champion
1: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it's
2: going to be the first time that the Brazil is sending a team.
1: Oh, that's fantastic, John! I know Jonathan yeah, will be there. He's he's there, always so. in. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's always <laughs> in Finland in for that, yeah. so he'll be there coaching.
0: Are
2: yeah. you yeah. going to be there? Cool. Yeah, that's I coach, cool.
0: well, knock on wood. We have to win our championship qualifier in two weeks, um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, if we win that, then um, yeah, we'll be in. It's in Loja, Finland. So
2: that's really cool. Yeah. 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 Yes, I'm really excited. We have a, a ladies team and a boys team. Oh wow! And and it's going to be the first time in a world championship for them they are they are great kids lots um uh, still pretty pretty young on a, on a on a curling time on ice but that's another thing they are going
1: yeah
2: right mm-hmm. they still need to learn lots they are still pretty pre new but uh, That's it. They're going to have an opportunity to go to the world event. They will learn so much for the future years that they have so much years ahead.
0: Yeah, It's a fantastic event to be honest, because it's exactly what you're saying. Cause there's always like USA has slipped down to the B pool. So there'll be two USA teams uh, playing in this. So very experienced nations. And there's always a couple of very strong teams from established countries. And then there's a lot of developing countries and a lot in between. And if, uh, The boys I've been coaching, two of them, they first went when they were 13 and they're 19 and 20 now, right? So they're and they're getting stronger, but and they've got to play against people and get better over time. The first the first couple times we got killed, but but they're 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 very competitive now. So I think it's great for countries to to do that. And you get to meet people from all over the world, right? So you get like New Zealand, Japan, Korea. We got friends from Korea. And even though they don't my favorite part is even though they don't talk. Often there's a language barrier, but they still figure out ways to communicate. It's just—it's amazing to see. <laughs> so they make friends even though they can't talk the same language. It's—it's it's fantastic.
2: Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, that's first time that Brazil is sending uh, teams to, to that competition. Um, all kids are from here. So I'm, um, oh, great. Uh, yeah, it's Are you,
0: really- you going to be going with them, or is it going to be different coaches? Or
2: I'm 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 coaching the girls and. Okay is coaching the boys. Okay. Oh, cool. Yeah, we'll be there. The kids are super excited.
0: I'm um, sure it'll be it'll be fun. This is fantastic. I, I just love hearing about uh like all of this with new countries. So it's it's fascinating to to hear how they put it together, the different challenges. So yeah.
2: Yeah. No. I'm I'm, I'm super happy to to help or uh, to have been helping uh, the Brazilian growth for this last few years. It's not easy. But every time that we bring a new person on the ice, how much I laugh and have fun. And then how how satisfying to see that person again on the ice in the next year and all the progress and evolution and year by year. Uh, We do have a a really good group. Uh, There's one thing that I love in curling is all the community and friendship that Mm -hmm. we have. And I'm not saying Brazilian curling, I'm saying curling in general. And we bring all that to our Brazilian curling. So we do have um, a, the, the BCC community here in Vancouver is all together and helping each other on ice, off ice, and we do events and all that. So I'm really glad to have all these curlers with us, uh, junior kids, uh, adults, and everybody. And if you are hearing this, and if you wanna know about curling, or if you want to go to the ice, yes, we are mainly based in Vancouver. But we try to help uh, people, wherever you are, to go to the ice. Because when you don't know curler, curling, it's hard. Oh, where do I go? How does that work? Uh, people have no idea. Then Sometimes it's easier for me, like you are in Calgary, for example. It's easy for me to search and get in touch with the curling clubs and find a, a place for you to go. Um, if I know a curlers or some someone, I can make the attachment with you for you to go to your first time to the ice. Um, or if I can, I can go. We see. Me. <laughs> But as if you are interested in curling, it doesn't matter where you are in the world, we are help to help you to go and get your first introduction of curling and how how this strange word works. So get in touch with us. Info at Brazilian Curling
1: Just let everybody know where they can follow and support uh, Brazilian curling and where they can follow uh, the club in Vancouver.
2: Okay. So our our community is Brazilian curling club you can find us on facebook or instagram uh, @BrazilianCurlingClub, brazilian curling club and email is info at brazilian curling club.com just get in touch with us and anything that we can help you to learn about the sport or cu- curiosities or how to go to the ice uh, get in touch with us and i hope to see all of you on the ice soon
1: All right. Thank you so much. Uh, Thanks for joining us and letting us know uh, all about Brazilian curling. We appreciate it. And uh, good luck to you guys this year, both at the Olympic qualifier and the world's qualifier.
2: Thank you. It was a pleasure. I really appreciate the opportunity and um, your, your project because (laughs) I think uh, as a curler, uh, we just want our sports to grow because it's a, Sports in general is so good for, for our life in general and curling is fashion like a really nice spot here on my heart. Uh, I hope you guys, the, your project and you guys are having a great year and I hope to see you in Finland, John. Yeah,
0: hope to see you there too, yeah.
1: <laughs> Thank you for listening to Rocks Across the Pond, a curling podcast. If you enjoyed this show, We ask you to please leave a review or tell a friend about us. Your referrals to friends and family are the greatest compliment we can receive and is what allows our show to grow and share our love of this great game. You can find all of our past shows and blog posts at rocksacrossthepond.com. If you have a question or comment, you can reach us at rocksacrossthepond at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to us, and we will talk to you again real soon.